back to Corona Abolish, the social distance assistance podcast where we talk about ways to improve your mental and physical health during this COVID-19 pandemic. The social distance assistance crew is here today, including myself, I'm Will, along with Amy, Lauren, Jack, Ben, and Caitlin. Today's episode is all about maintaining healthy relationships during a pandemic. My boyfriend Josh and I will be giving everyone tips on how to, we continue to grow closer while distancing. Dating apps like Tinder and Bumble are weird right now, so we are also going to talk about how young singles can still meet new people. But before we get to that, it's time for some small talk. Take it away, Ben. So guys, some interesting stuff's been going on recently with um, finals and other colleges. Um, so apparently, a lot of students, since we're doing online classes, are, you know, it's the colleges or universities honor policy to not cheat. You can only use, you know, your brain on tests and stuff. But people inevitably are still like going and using other sites to look up answers during tests, like check per se. So I brought up some emails that students have put out on the internet from their universities talking about Chegg and cheating. Um, and it's crazy. Like people are, I mean, people still cheat while um, taking finals. So here's one um, email from Georgia Tech or College Science. Yeah. Okay, so it says, here at Georgia Tech, we take the honor code extremely seriously. We aim to develop not only the next generation of scholars and engineers, but future leaders and good character. We are incredibly disappointed. And at the same time, we are trying not to become too cynical. These are hard times that require folks to step up, not step down. For those of you who did cheat, you have an option. The College of Science and GT Legal will be working with Chegg and any other platform we discover to acquire a list of all people who access the final exam solutions on check during the final period and cross-correlating it with the time they worked on the exam and grade scope. If the time overlap, you will be reported to the dean's office for academic misconduct with the school. Isn't that crazy? They can back like back check around, like background check everybody and see if they went on check to cheat. What do you guys think about that? Well, I actually, you know, you brought up an email about Georgia Tech. I saw an email. Yeah, I was going to read that one next. I yeah, know exactly Brown, which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah Brown University. <laughs> Wait, which one? From Brown University. No, look that up. Read that one. I have another one. So That's I, hilarious. That's like com- hysterical. But we could all read that after we talk about like what's going on. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's wild. Um, and... There's part of me that thinks that it's overkill, um, be, and there's another part of me that thinks that it's necessary, but I lean more towards overkill because everyone is trying to learn in a new way, and the fact is most of us just straight up are not learning the material. So when they expect yeah. us to take these exams that you know we're supposedly supposed to understand all the material on it and whatnot, m- most of us don't understand it at all. Um, and so that's why there are more people looking at stuff like Chegg because students are just at such a disadvantage that we simply can't just use our input from the supposed material we learned that almost nobody is actually learning. Um, so I, I think it's a little more overkill and unnecessary because, I mean, you're just really putting up so many students to fail. 
Yeah, and that's that's my point too. Here's how I think about it. We're going to online classes, right? Students already know there's no way teachers and professors can stop them from cheating during a final. So why even learn the material before an exam when you know you can just look them up during the exam? So it's right. kind of like they're catching people for cheating, but if the students knew they couldn't have cheat, then maybe they would have studied the material beforehand. Like, right. right. I think that's uh, one way of looking at it. So it's kind of just like they need to draw the line and need to do it now here where no one ever does it and people actually study beforehand or it's just going to keep on going like it is and people will continue to cheat. And I, yeah, think I, mean, it's... I think that it's like one thing if it's a class where your teacher's online every day and is answering questions and is like actively trying to teach. But I've had another teacher who's emailed us like twice and that was it and just sent us yep. the tests. So. I've had those too. Yeah, and I think also we have to consider that Chegg isn't the only site that, that people learn off of. You know, you have other sites like Quizlet and Study Blue where you can look at yeah. flashcards and everything. So, and those like actively help students. Um, so I think if you try to limit websites like that, then you're, then you're limiting learning in general. And I don't think that's right. Yeah, Chegg was intended to be a study site. Like they didn't purposely mean for kids to be looking up answers during like, you know, a time like this for tests and finals. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, and I know a lot of us have in some way or another seen written out solutions like Chegg or any other online sites that provide that stuff. If I've run into that, it's honestly been super helpful because most of them are really descriptive. Yeah. It kind of helps you put all the pieces together when you see it written out in a solution because, you know, it's not like you're looking at stuff that you don't know. Like, all, like say it's a science or a math problem. You're seeing very that you've learned in class, but you might not be able to piece it all together. Just, it's like, just like one step you're missing. Yeah, it's like, so when you see that, it really, like for what I've discovered, is it really helps kind of piece all that material together and really helps me understand it better. Um, so I think it's unfortunate that people get punished for using stuff like that because in some cases it truly is, isn't really cheating. It's just helping you learn better. Yeah, it kind of depends on the situation. There's good side and a bad side. Uh, so the wait, what are you saying, Jack? Oh, I just have a question. Do you think this is more upon the students' fault or more upon the university or the teachers, and they're more their fault? I think it's definitely more students' fault. I mean, the university is telling them not to cheat, and they still are. So you know, yeah. they're going against the honor code, but. Some situations, professors are slacking off during this time, just like students are. And so that's where, like, the fine line is. I agree. Yeah. I would say a little more professor, because if you don't want students to cheat, then you should be coming up with new types of problems or questions. That's not, a good point. Re not recycling stuff that you're finding online, because you know students are automatically going to search it up as soon as they get the chance. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, one teacher has been, like, writing his own questions and things like that. Like, he always writes his own questions. But then other teachers are just, like, recycling out of the textbook. And it would check, like, right there to show you how it's done when, like, my teacher's not necessarily teaching me how to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. actually, on that point, um, that actually has to do with the email that I was looking at. Um, I think it's from Brown University, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so I'll read it. It says, as many of you know, due to COVID-19. Yeah, this is the funny to, one. <laughs> yeah. We were forced to change exams due to the online format. I noticed the grades for this exam were unusually high. 
average of 91 compared to normal semester of 85, which, but what? Uh, so, yeah, so while I suspected there was some cheating going on, there was no way I could prove it. This is the truth of proctoring online exams. It is impractical and impossible. For the final, however, I intentionally included a problem that at first glance looks reasonable, but in fact is impossible to solve and fundamentally flawed. Before the exam, I worked with the TAs to create this uniquely worded question and submit the answer on Chegg, an online homework solving website. Out of the 70 plus exams taken, approximately 20 have been flagged with exact matches to the answers provided on Chegg by the TA. If you answer this question correctly on the final, you will receive a zero for the exam and will be reported to the university for violating academic integrity policy. Oh my oh. god. Dude, that's, <laughs> yeah. see, that's a professor who does not want you to cheat. Good. That's God. diabolical. Uh, imagine that's being a that smart student. professor. Yeah. yeah. Imagine being one of those students in the class and your buddy just, you have a friend in there and your buddy just sends you the answers. Of course you're going to use it. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you if you want a better grade? And like what, what you were saying earlier, Lauren, is like the teachers, if they really didn't want you to cheat, they would step up their game. So, like, I think out of my classes this semester, I have one professor who's just such a hard ass, you know, no, nothing against her. But what she does is she makes you use a lockdown browser. So during your exam, you have to, you can only have one window open. It's a test, obviously, right? So then that goes to, you know, you, so you can't look up questions on that device, but you can still look them up on a phone or another laptop. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, students are still going to do it even with that. Um, and then it comes down to a situation, well, like, um, what if they made you do it on your phone too? You, they locked down your phone. Then it comes to, like, if a student has a third device available, then it comes to being, like, is it fair to everybody? Because a student could have an extra a second laptop, you know, they spent more money to get a second laptop, look up answers that way to use on another computer, where one student might not, you know, is not as fortunate as that other student. So it's, there's a lot. There's a lot to figure out with this whole topic. Yeah, it's a complex, complex uh, topic to talk about because it's I don't know. Um, there's just so many different levels to whether it's right or whether it's wrong. What are you guys doing to, I guess, reach out if you can't really go out and hang out with groups of people, meet new people? Like, what are some ways that um, people, especially in college, that are used to that? You know, going out and, um, you know, meeting other people. Well, I tried Tinder, and, like, it's just weird because you can't meet other people physically. So, like, it just doesn't go anywhere. I mean, they're still, you know, getting increasingly more and more popular, but anybody have some other ways, maybe? I guess since not everybody's on those, there's still people just, just chilling in quarantine with no way out. I think if you do meet someone um, not through a dating app, maybe you could just try to think of creative ways to stay connected with them. Like, you know, Netflix party, like doing like a virtual um, movie night in, um, getting to know them through that way. Um, or maybe you just play like online interactive games with them. Like one of my friends, she... I completely forgot until you just said that. Like, she had this guy that she was talking to on Tinder, and, like, they had a virtual Netflix night. Also, Will, when you sent that article, where did you find that from about, like, sex and, like, social distancing and stuff? Oh, that? Yeah. I actually saw it on SNL. 
Um, but it's a real thing. There's a real New York City PDF that they sent out. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that thing. Good God. Yeah, I don't even want to read it out loud on this, but yeah. if you guys want to go look that up to our viewers out there, <laughs> more than welcome to. It's funny. Yeah, go. I think if you just type in New York City social distancing PDF, it may come up. I'm not sure. I had to type in um, some of the words that they used to find it. <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate to say those words on this. <laughs> this is a family channel, Will. Yeah, so we're, we're going to avoid some of those words, but it's definitely entertaining if you want to go take a look at it. It was basically saying... Basically saying, um, you can contract the virus from like stuff like that. Oh, that it's thing. Not good. Yeah, and you shouldn't you shouldn't practice it. Or they had some tips to try and help for it. So it it's was crazy how it comes down to this, but it is what it is. Yeah, I was discussing ways to practice safe. Say the least. Yeah. Jack, do you have any tips about staying connected? Uh, I don't. I think we pretty much hit on everything there is. There's nothing. No, there's nothing I really can add to that. Jack, didn't you say you had a girlfriend? Or am yeah. I mistaken completely? Okay, I thought you mentioned it one time. So yeah, we're, you're good. You don't really need to walk, reach out, and you just you already have it. Someone there. Yeah, we're actually neighbors, so it works out well. <laughs> neighbors. Oh, is that at school or at home? Uh, both. Oh. Wow, that's so convenient. You have to walk 10 feet. Oh, my God. And then, like, Lauren's saying she has a long-distance relationship. She's got to get on a plane if she wants to go see him. You lucked out, my guy. That's crazy, yeah. So, you guys neighbors growing up? No. <laughs> no. We met. But uh, your neighbors back home now? Yeah. Uh, relatively neighbors. It's We have to drive back at home. But at school, it's a walk. Okay. What def define neighbor at school? I'm thinking like apartment, like you know, the wall next door kind of thing. Uh, the apartment complex, like the apartment building across the street. Oh, uh, okay, that Except yeah, that's pretty much the neighbor. Okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's about ten seconds. <laughs> nice. So the virus or anything hasn't really affected any relationship at all. <sighs> Oh, something interesting. When I was at BioLife, I found out if you have coronavirus, they pay you $500 a donation if you have it because they're trying to get the antibodies. Like, and you can do two donations a week. So if you've had coronavirus, you got a big payday coming. That's crazy because, I mean, that, like, that, some people might go out and, like, try to get, get it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people might go out and, like, try and contract the virus just to get that BioLife check. Dude, I'm telling you, whatever company makes a vaccine first is going to be, oh my god, they're going to be filthy rich. Well, the the problem is, is uh, it's being reported that if you have the virus and you are able to, um, you know, let it take its toll and then um, you're all clear, uh, apparently you can still get it again. So I don't know how effective oh. a vaccine would be. Is it like the flu where you can just get it over? I mean, it is a, what is it, like a strand of the flu, something like that. Yeah, but I don't know uh, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how effectful uh, vaccines would be because I know there was a, yeah. a like over a month ago. I think a, 
a group in Canada had come up with a vaccine. It was hilarious because it was literally one day after the NHL decided to pause their season and somebody captioned it like, of course Canada finds a vaccine the day after hockey's canceled. No, nah, it would have been bigger than it did Was it, did they say they found one and they didn't? Or they, maybe it didn't work as well they thought it would? Because if, if, like, from right now, from what I've seen, no one has. And I know the distribution of it would take a couple years for that to happen. So did they really find it? I mean, that's what I saw, and um, I remember reading the article when it first came out, and it seemed legit, but I can't remember what the issue was for it to not either go mainstream or to uh, just not. I know a lot of European countries are working on a vaccine, like um, the UK and Germany, but, you know, obviously they're still in trials and nothing's, you know, really confirmed yet, but... It'll be interesting to see, like, once we do get a vaccine, like, I don't know, how does that affect, like, herd immunity and stuff like that? Um, And I know, like, Dr. Fauci is saying that we probably, here in the United States, won't have a vaccine until January, which is a lot faster than usual, but it's still going to, you know, take a while. And there's going to still be a lot of deaths before a vaccine comes. Right. All right, thanks, Ben, for that update. Now it's time for our interview with our very own member, Amy, alongside her boyfriend, Josh. Hey, how are you guys? Hi. Uh, So to kick things off, can you tell us how you guys met and how long you guys have been together? Um, Yeah, we um, actually met through a friend, and we started hanging out. And then after that summer, we started dating, and it's been almost four years now. Nice. Awesome. So since the stay-at-home order has been in place, have you guys been staying in touch? Um, Are you seeing each other in person, or are you guys communicating through phones or other devices? It's been hard. It's kind of like long-distance dating when we were at school. It is a little frustrating since we're so close, but we can't hang out. We've just been keeping in touch through our phones and FaceTiming and texting and stuff like that. We keep reminding ourselves that everyone's safety is the most important and this will eventually end. And how do you think that has impacted your relationship? Um, it's been, it's been pretty hard. Um, it's sort of like, you know, being at school with a long distance. So it's just tough, especially with me, because I'm never on my phone. I'm never really using it. So that's always pretty hard. But, um... I think it's also a little bit more frustrating right now since we're basically so close but still can't see each other. So, I mean, I think we're I think we're doing fine, but it's definitely been a been a struggle at times. Yeah, because it's not like we're hours away; it's like we're only fifteen minutes driving. So it feels kind of like we're at school when we couldn't drive to see each other, but. No, like we can't, but we just aren't because we're keeping everyone's health um, in our best priorities. So, yeah. Do you guys have any advice for our viewers on how to stay emotionally connected with your partner while in quarantine? Um, I would say just to try and call each other as much as you can. I, I like that more than texting. Uh, texting just sort of seems like you're a little bit more distant. And um, something that we have done a lot is virtual mu- movie nights. 
and where we just watched the same thing on Netflix at the same time and FaceTime during it. So, I mean, that's a nice way to sort of watch a movie together. Still sucks that we're not together, though, but. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Me and my boyfriend do um, Netflix parties, too. But, I mean, you can also do it with friends and other family members just to stay connected with all different types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody have any last questions for Amy and Josh? Um, so I have a quick question. So are you guys, um, like when everyone first started self-quarantining, um, was it both of y'all's decision to not see each other? Um, or are your family members not comfortable with that? Cause I know my sister and her boyfriend, they still see each other, but I know like my mom won't let my sister hang out with him if he was like hanging out with friends or something. Um, you know, a few days before. Um, so he's kind of like an exception. Um, have you guys been doing that or has it just been straight, you know, separation? Um, and if so, why did you guys choose to not do that? Well, honestly, at first it was more like my parents didn't want us to see each other because um, they're taking the virus very seriously. But then like hearing more about how serious it's gotten, it was more my choice too as to like not defy my parents and to just have everyone's best interests at heart to like not see each other. I mean, we've had times where like, we'll drive to each other's houses and like, I'll either sit in the car or like he'll sit in the car and one of us will sit in the driveway. So we can just like talk that way to like have that in-person time a little bit. But mostly it's just been um, like just FaceTiming and texting and calling and stuff like that. Okay. And it's definitely more Amy than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely be completely fine with seeing her, but she's a little bit more worried about her family members and everything, which is definitely annoying me at times. But as we're getting further into the quarantine, like I'm starting to realize like she's just looking out for her family and you can really never be mad at someone for that. So. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just know that some people are taking exceptions. Um, I was just seeing your guys take on that. Mm-hmm. When this is all over, do you guys have any plans for what you want to do or um, any places you want to go to? Well, when the quarantine first started, it was in March, and we were in Florida together. And then we came home, and like then the quarantine started, and we were like, oh, we can't see each other, stuff like that. And then I was so excited for his birthday. My mom, my mom. What? My mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But when the quarantine started, and we were in Florida, then we came back and we couldn't see each other. So I was really excited for his birthday, which was in the end of April. And then like we were gonna have a nice little downtown dinner and stuff, but like we obviously couldn't do that. So I feel like that's one thing that I'm looking forward to, like go out and actually like sit somewhere instead of like in our houses. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I think that's all the questions and answers that we have for today. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Yep. Thank you. So we want to give a big thank you uh, to Amy and Josh for these creative tips on relationships during this pandemic. Now we're going to close things out with our daily tip. Take it away, Caitlin. During these times, it's a great idea to maintain a sense of hope and positive thinking. Um, a, a tip would be to consider keeping a journal where each day you write down things you are grateful for or that are going well. That's an awesome tip, Caitlin. 
So thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope you learned so much about staying connected and having fun during these weird times. Remember, stay safe, focus on your health. The social distance assistants are here to help. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.